band. They would bring in like every cook they had, every expo that they had. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. Ain't there nothing more exhilarating than a fucking restaurant run? That is not the word to describe that. That is not the word. Nightmare. And I'm not traumatizing. Traumatizing. Yeah. Every. When you're in the weeds, you're just just no. It's that you never forget the sound of the ticket printer. That's what it is. That's what I was gonna say. I would go to bed that after boat show night and I would hear it all night. So who's OJ? OJ, um, he was my first boss over there. He was the executive chef. Uh, he hired Pete, I think, yep. as well. I call him dad. Yeah. He is dad, man. Um, like, like 50s, how, give, give me a profile. <laughs> nah, I guess that was misleading. Mm. You want to describe OJ? Uh, how old do you think he is? Fucking 36? Probably, yeah. He's going to be my guess. Great cook or chef. Yeah, he's been at Bradley's for like fucking 15 years probably really? or something like that. Yeah, he's self-taught. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's good. Like, I always enjoyed everything that he made. He, I think um, he was put into like the position initially kind of almost out of like, we got nobody, you know, and he stepped up. Yeah. yeah. And I think he did pretty good for that. I know a lot of cooks that started be like that, you know, in the yeah. three or four restaurants I worked for, it was kind of like that, like, who the fuck can do it? And then they figure it out. So you were food running, then you got what put up, hired as a line cook. What what was the next step? No, so I, I was food running, and then I would kind of come in on my days off, and I he would teach me some of the stations. You know, started me off at like saute, so I learned how to do like a couple of the, you know, I think one of them was like uh, chicken piccata, and yeah. um, what do they have on the menu here? Uh, like. Dude, I can't even remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, shrimp and grits. Yeah, thank you. Shrimp yeah, and grits and stuff like that. Favorites. Yeah, that that was good. Shrimp and grits bang. That was good. That's fire. Yeah, you, you would like teach me some, you know, how to do some of these things, and then Maryland like, crab cakes. Yeah, those are banging. Yep. Um, and then you know, I kind of like would go Shout over maybe to a fry station was easy. Just drop it in the fryer exactly. and wait for it to crisp up. Take it out. Um, flat top, and then like the cold side i kind of learned how to do, i just yeah. like learned how to do some of it you know i didn't really learn how to do like a lot of it and learn like knife skills and stuff like that you know uh which are like super crucial if you want to be a chef you have to have good knife skills um so i just he taught me a lot and I, I didn't ever stay on the line like i never did it but he taught me how to do it and he taught me how to do some of the ordering uh brett was a, he was like my daytime man shout out to brett. brett dude that brett guy the homie brett marzek yeah. yeah, he was the man, dude. I learned a lot from him, and also he's actually a watcher of the podcast. Really? Yeah, really? Brett. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. And he was a manager at at Bradley's or a server bartender. Yep. Or manager. Yeah. Okay. I, I Worked in the kitchen in front of house. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, that guy is a beast, dude. During uh, sorry, another sidetrack, but during boat show yeah. weekend, it is boat show and Sunfest. Well, mostly boat show is just like it's more than Sunfest. Yeah. For the kitchen, it is because wow. people are dying. Oh, yeah, you know, that's like true. When that's more true. people are drinking during Sunfest, so it hits the bars a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. And it, right. you know, the fry station is pretty busy. There's chicken wings and French fries and whatever things like that. But people are like dining. Yeah, you know, they're coming in for chicken sandwiches and whatever. You know, fucking the entire. I'll menu, never forget basically. those days, bro. Man, they would bring in like every cook they had, 
every expo that they had. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. Dude. Ain't there nothing and more exhilarating than a fucking restaurant rush? That is dude. not the word no, 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 to no, describe no. that. Bro. That is not the word. Nightmare. Yeah. And I am I'm not traumatized. Exhilarating is not a good word. No, traumatizing Nick, Nick, might yeah, be appropriate. I, every when you're show, in the weeds, you're just just uh, no. It's that you never forget the sound of the ticket printer. That's what it is. That's what I was gonna say. I would go to bed that after boat show night, and I would hear it all night. Were you expedited, or did you have it expedited? No, they were. This is what I was about to say. Get like brought from the front to the back yeah. to be the. Expert. They're like, you're yeah. doing this, man. Like you, we will not survive this if you don't do it. And he would just fucking rock take that his tie fucking off. kitchen, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Rock it, yeah. He was just like, I need three of this, three yeah. of this. He's like, Bobby, where are you at on this? Where's my fucking salad? Blah blah. Fresh working. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh working. Get him down. Get him down. Get him down. <laughs> yeah, and he was just building everything, dude. He was amazing. Like I, I can't like. It's literally like a battleship. Like <laughs> yeah, when you watch somebody who's good at something, it's something. Like, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. You know? It was traumatizing, but unlike baseball, that's something that I would go back and do today. Ooh. If me, you, and Brett could go work the kitchen on a Saturday Ryan. night, I would sign up. Ryan, too. Oh, my God, my boy. That kitchen. We could Shout do it the three Ryan. of us. The, the yeah. four of us here. That's just a whole fucking I feel like there. we could take on a boat show, dude. Yeah. That's, a, that's a dream team right there. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, Brett was one of my managers at the time. Learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he showed me how to do, like, a lot of the ordering and things like that. And he was really good with the front and the back of the house. And, like. I liked his approach, you know, to staff, you know, and I almost take some of that with me. Like, I, you learn good things from people, and you learn some bad things from people. Like things to be able to avoid. I didn't learn anything that wasn't good yeah. from, yeah, you know, just everything from Brett that I learned was good. He was a man, um, but I would start like expediting, and then you know maybe like managing some stuff if they didn't have like one of their managers working or whatever, or they needed to fill in. Started doing that on Saturdays. Me and Ryan would expedite like a uh, Saturday day, which was a really, really busy day for us. And, you know, we would crush it and rock it. And um, eventually they had a, an opening over at one of their sister restaurants, Nick and Johnny's. Um, I, it's kind of like, I guess, a funny story. Like the story that I got was, yeah, like one of the chefs, he's kind of a drunk and he stole all this chicken and he got oh pulled God. over. And do you know what I'm talking about? I remember you know that? that, yeah. Yeah, he stole all this food. He took raw chicken, put it in his pockets, and know. ran home. I think home it was like, like a case. No, probably. he like filled up the backseat of his car with like yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, and like, I don't Jesus know. He got like pulled Christ. over. Maybe he was like yeah. fucked up and drunk or something and right. then, you know, got fired. So uh, the chef at the time over there was uh, Eddie. And um, Bermudez. Right. Yeah. That's right. Eddie, is that your last name? That's your last name. Eddie, is that your last name? Nick and Johnny's. You said. Yeah. Where is yeah. this? It's so, just up the street from Kachina. Yeah. So this is on the island on uh, Point Sienna, Royal okay. Point Sienna, okay, yeah, um, yeah. right before South County Road. I know you're talking about. Yep. Uh, that was like their casual fine dining restaurant. Yep. The food was great, and Eddie was. It, I say was. He is an excellent chef, and I learned a lot from him too. He's um, done a lot of great things at Bradley's. Yeah, now. he's doing really, really, really well. Um, but so at, at the time they're like, we need, uh, a guy to help fill in, you know, like on maybe some managerial stuff and Key basically, yeah, yeah, like Eddie needs more time off. Like yeah. he needs to be able to have his Sundays off and we need like a Sunday manager. We also need like a cold side cook. I'd be willing to bet today Eddie still needs more time off. <laughs> the guy. Just a hunch. Yeah. He's a man, dude. Um, Jack of all trades is what they needed. Bro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I was happy to do whatever, you know, and I was not the best person in there at the time, but like I went and I wanted to learn. Yeah. So that was like their pitch to me. It was like, do you want to go over here at Nick and Johnny's? It's more, it's casual fine dining, but the menu is like a little bit more elevated and that's what you want. So you can learn 
and Eddie was an excellent teacher and he, anything I had a question about, he was there for me. Um, so he taught me a lot food wise as well. And by no means uh, at this point am I like a chef, you know, even to this day, I'm not like a fucking chef by any means, but like, I love cooking and I learned a lot of shit from him. You can throw it I feel out. like you're selling yourself a little bit short, I mean, bro. <laughs> uh, it's not like Chef that. Chef Coda, bro, in the not building. Like, Come on. Yeah? I like to cook. I cook. Okay. Cook. Great chef. Too humble. Thank you. He throws down. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you the last time I saw him was yeah. at his, uh, his pop-up dinner. Like, if I, chopped, if I chopped you, right, so that show chopped, if I gave you, like, four ingredients. If think- you're like, here's a hot dog and here's a carrot, I'm not going to make anything for you. Yeah, I'm fire. <laughs> <laughs> but if you give me, like, a kitchen full of things... Yeah. I can do something hey, for you. What's your favorite cuisine? Um, like that word, cuisine. <laughs> Probably, uh, I mean, Mexican has like my heart. Yeah. Right? Because that's what I grew up with. Um, as well as like Cajun food. Okay. Um, so shrimp ball. Yeah, I love it. I yeah, love it all. Nick, look at me real quick. Do you have something in your teeth? You've had something in you your teeth. You have something in your teeth. Where? You know, I, I always tell people when they have something in their That's teeth. That's a good point. But right. It? Yeah. It's still there. Um, one not over. Not in the middle. To one me. over. To the me, other though. side. Yeah, yeah. No, you went too far. Too far. Right? Yeah, that one. Right? We're going to edit this you part got out. It, but it's uh, still in there. I got it. Nice. All right. Cool. Okay. I'm glad we got yeah, that. Yeah, usually way. I always tell people, but I'm like, in this they setting, who gives a shit? They could never have seen it on the camera. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was my thinking. Good murals. It's okay. Yeah. I'm here for you, buddy. So Cajun food, Mexican food, and then. Probably within like the last couple of years, like Asian food. Okay, love it, all of it, all of uh, it. And I like to cook it, so it's a lot. It's like fun. Like I love to cook. Yeah. Love so, it. would you say that same list is the same food you enjoy to consume as well as what you enjoy to? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'd say so. There's just like a lot of like I think Italian food is probably my least favorite food because it's like more savory. I think. Yeah. Where like I like spice. Oh, this is this, him in the this is what it is. I'm sorry. It's that I like spice and citrus. Mm. Where there's not is a that, lot of does spice that and your citrus. Personality? Spice and citrus. <laughs> maybe he. Hey. Hey. Spice and citrus. Hey, spicy guy. Hey. I think Ryan has some layers to him. You know what I'm saying? You hey. got a spicy side. I know you do. There's like no way onion. you can be a restaurant manager and owner if you're not a fucking spicy you, guy. He's like a nice curry. Yeah, a lot, a lot of things yeah. going on in there. You know? Yeah. Does that curry ever pop? I'm sure it does. I, I don't even know if that was an appropriate yeah. analogy. I don't yeah. even know anything about curry, but it felt right. <laughs> in, in the moment, it felt right. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Ryan. Continue on your That's timeline. Okay. All right, so I go over there. I'm learning a lot from Eddie. I'm also learning a lot from this guy, Carlos, who is like an expediter, but he fucking ran the kitchen like a boss, yep. too. Um, and then at one point, one, two, three was about to open up. And they're like, do you want to go run that kitchen? You know, but the menu is going to be like pizzas, you know, a couple appetizers, maybe some sandwiches or Bar something. Food. Yeah. And in my head at the time, I'm like, if I do this, like, I will never learn anything else about cooking unless I, like, take it on myself to go learn something outside of this. What was and the position I, they were offering? Manager? Just run the kitchen. Okay. Run the, you know, you are the, yeah. sh- you know, they're trying to sell it to me. So yeah. they're like, you are the executive chef. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... The executive chef of pizzas, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. who fucking cares about that? I don't. Like, I literally didn't care about that, at, even, yeah. you know, at the time. I'd say almost the entire time that I've been working there, I have not ever cared about me being the executive chef. You is, know? It, is it Ryan Coder, the executive chef? Was it? Is it? Is that your That team? was, like, is the that title. That was the title they were not giving. Not now. It's okay. grown. It's grown. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But 
I didn't care about that. I yeah. was like, I'm not going to learn anything more to this. So I had this long talk with Eddie. And it's kind of funny. It was like in the middle of a work day. So mm -hmm. they definitely needed him. But he took the time out of his day, which I appreciate, to be able to talk to me about, you should take this position. But this, And these are the reasons why. So he gave me a bunch of different reasons, like one of them being like, this is like your foot in the door. You're going to learn how to do all these other things. And it's going to be very challenging for you. You know, call me anytime you need something. He's, I was like, Eddie, I don't even know how to make pizza dough, dude. He's like, I'll teach you. Like, I, he's like, I don't even know how to make pizza dough. Let's go figure it out. Mm -hmm. So he convinces me to take this job. Very grateful, obviously. That was pretty much like the start of the my catapult. trajectory uh, into like where I'm at right now. Um, and but, I mean, dive into the role of you starting up one, two, three a little bit too. You know, like you sort of created that entire opening menu, right? Yeah, no, I, I was like the pizza the guy there but and like at that again, time i remember you telling me that you went up and down clematis street looking at all of the competitors menus or just really everyone's menus up and down the street to get an idea of price points you were the demographic the yeah, yeah. he he's saying that this is a position he didn't want but i think it says a lot about your character also that you took this position that you weren't even crazy about and took it so seriously that i think you went above and beyond in a way that a lot of people taking a job that they do give a fuck about yeah. wouldn't even have gone to those levels. You know, you took it very serious and you did a really great job, especially for someone coming from no experience in that, that realm, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you. Like one of my friends, um, John Piltrade, he would always say like, I just don't want to suck. Like, I don't want somebody yeah. to be like that. Guy was that sucks. not our motto at one point? I went yeah. to well, one of our, our mottos was you got to be shitty before you get good. Exactly. And I was pretty shitty. I yeah. was like, but I wanted to be good. I didn't want anybody to be like, this is a hassle. This is a headache. You know, I wanted to like take it upon myself and just be good at it, you know, and try. Like, even you if I wasn't, shitty before you, you gotta be good. shitty before you get good. We almost like wrote it up on like, so you, hire, like you hire you someone. Yeah. You're gonna paint it on the I'm wall. I'm like, look, dude, you suck right now. But look at our motto. <laughs> so You'll get there. Yeah, you're gonna get there, man. So this is when point. you two met was when he's, Took over one, two, threes. Menu. Shortly after, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, um, you know, I had opened up yeah. one, two, three, um, as like the cook, the cook yeah. or whatever. Uh, they had this guy working as a GM at the time, and he got let go. And um, shortly after that, our sister restaurant, night bar, nightclub bar, whatever, Kachina. Right. Um, there's some overlapping partnership, you know, which is like makes it into the family. Um, was closing down. They were remodeling. They were going through some stuff or whatever, and they needed a GM. So that's like where Pete stepped in. So Kachina was closed. Pete was a GM over there. They pushed him over to us. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Huh. So he was the GM, and I was like running the kitchen. Oh, so no that's how shit. our we initially like. And overlapped. that's a huge relationship. I mean, a lot of you guys probably work in hospitality, but I remember right. that relationship. The head cook and the GM are like. That was know, my dog, bro. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. We I mean, talked. I remember those days, like... How you, was your working relationship? Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Incredible. I, we would just sit in the banquet, I feel like, for the first, like, hours. Like, when I'd first show up to work and he, like, he was caught up with his prep and stuff, we'd just, like, sit in the banquet and, and talk about everything, you know? Like, whatever we were thinking about for the business, for the bar, you know, even personal stuff, I feel like. And uh, Yeah, it definitely was. There was, I don't know, just so many good conversations during those times, and I just feel like uh, we got very close very quick. Yeah. Um. I don't know. We just How long was that period for that you guys did that? Uh, just shy of a year, I think. Oh, really? So it was a good amount of time. Yeah. I, I'd say yeah. like probably around eight months. About. I was going to say eight months too, yeah. Yeah. And that was cool because it was really nice to be able to be with somebody who 
was putting so much effort into yeah. it. You know, like just as much effort that I was yeah. putting into something. Was going my partner was as well. With you. Exactly. When yeah. when you're struggling and you're pushing for more, you like to accountability partner, whatever you want to call it. You like to you like to know that someone else is along that journey with you. You know. Mm -hmm. And you know that, and hey. cares as much as you Exactly. Yeah. They're not going to make fun of you. or They're going to push you for more. Like, we, we set a standard. We got to hit that, you know? Um, so you guys worked together for a year. Then what? What, what, was, what was it after that? Well, um, you had gotten a job offer, right? Right. So I, um, I got offered the job for Southern Wine and Spirits. Okay. It's like the biggest liquor distributor in the country. Um, and at that time, I mean, I thought it was like a dream job. You know, I think most GMs in the restaurant industry, at least like the rumor that I had always heard was like to become a liquor rep is like the goal. You know, that's like a job that you can you get to stay in the industry that you know and love, you know, which is the bar business. But you don't have to work the crazy late hours. You don't have all the stress of like the business being on your back. And uh, it's kind of like a fun nine to five job. You know, it was my understanding or like the vision that was always sold to me. Um, so when I got offered that job, it was like amazing, you know, and I was, I was excited to take it. Um, yeah, there was also a little bit of back and forth. I remember at the time because it was like, Pacino's going to be opening up. Will right. Pete be the GM again? Right. You know, we at that time we ended up finding out the answer is no to that. Mm -hmm. They hired a, they were going to hire another person for it. So Pete could have maybe gone there, managed. He could have stayed at one, two, three, been the GM there. You know, continued there or. He had a lot of options. It was like one, two, or three. You know, yeah, yeah. One of those things. Yeah. What would you have picked? Well, well you, you'll find out what he did I, pick. No, no, yeah. I, I know, but between one, two, three and Kuchina, where would you want to have gone? At that time, I, well, once I found out I wouldn't be the GM at Kuchina, having previously been the GM at Kuchina, I wasn't super stoked about going back and taking like a lesser role, you know? And I was super happy being at one, two, three with Coda, you know? Like me and Coda were loving working there together. Yeah, so great. I was just, I kind of told them, you know, like I think I'd rather just stay at one, two, three. Okay, and then this um, third option came. But then the third option came about, and um, and I don't think I'd even really made that decision yet. You know, I had all three options. I think yeah. being weighed on I, at one I, time. If I remember correctly, at one point it was like, okay, Katina is out as the GM. Right. I think I want to say at one, two, three, right. and then event like yeah, at some yeah. point, maybe even two weeks down the road, could have been even a week down yeah, the road. It right. was like, hey, this is an option for you now as well. Hmm, and we yeah. talked about that for like quite a while. Yeah. You know, that was like something that you were thinking about. Do I do this? Do I do that? Were you, so you were the first GM of one, two, three. No, not necessarily. There was this guy Scott before me. Okay. Um, when yeah, it first he was the opened. opening GM. Okay. And oh, that's how, right. You told me. How he, long he, of yeah. a phase was he there for? You think? I mean, he was there for probably like a month and a half prior. Yeah. And then he was taking it in a little bit of a different direction, sort of. He had like a super prestigious background in like mixology yeah. and craft. This cocktails. guy knows his shit. He knows yeah. everything there is to know about craft cocktails yeah, yeah, yeah. and beer. He's very good with beer. Part of like the USBG, like at that time, he was like the president yeah. of the USBG. The U the United States US Bartenders Guild. Guild. Yeah. But he didn't get the culture. What? He didn't understand the culture of what you guys were trying to do. It was like I wouldn't even say that. I almost think it was just like a little bit like like I, I know Scott. I think well enough to say, like to to say this with confidence, yeah. that he might have a little bit of trouble taking direction from somebody that he doesn't think really knows. Yeah, is it an ego thing? I don't think he has like a big ego, you know, because I could talk to him about something, yeah, and if I made a good argument, he could say okay, you know. Yeah. But I at the time I didn't have. Knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I had no and at knowledge that time, I mean, not at that time, but in general, there's not a lot of conversations that are happening that way when it's that relationship from like owner to mm -hmm. manager, you know? 
usually the owner is saying how they want it and how it's going to be done. And it's like up to the manager to say like, okay, and execute that. And I think that is probably where that disconnect was. You know, he has all this knowledge, an abundance of knowledge in the job that you have put him in a place to do. Let me, let me make my own. Let let me me make the decisions. That's why you put me here, you know? So, and one, two, three, at that time, I think, you know, there's a lot of investors and partners and stuff. So he was probably getting direction from all these different people that know far less than he knows about the bar. At least, you know, cocktails in that specific area. Even volume. You know, he, he worked at Copper Blues for a long time. Like, sure. that's a fucking volume place. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, I'll let you finish on your point because, like you said, you know him much better than I do. But I think he was just butting heads with, you know, the Some owners of the partnership, and stuff yeah. because they don't have the knowledge that he has, but they're the ones telling him what to do. And I, could, I can yeah, see how yeah. that could, there could be a disconnect. Yeah. So, I mean, he got let go, I think, because of probably butting heads yeah. with some of the ownership. But then that's when Pete stepped in. And then, like, we had developed this relationship. And then at some point, you know, Pete gets all these options. Yeah. And he decides to go with the Southern job. Yeah. So being, like, the cook, you're there three hours before the place opens. So something that I had going for me was, like, any, I, mean, I say, like, going for me, but it was also just so annoying. I'm, like, trying to, like, cut an onion or something, and I got, like, people walking in just being like, hey, um, can you check this ordering? Hey, I'm here to fix this. I got an electrician who's here, like, hey, man, like, uh, where's your ladder at? I need to do this or that, and hey, do you know about this? And I'm, like, on the phone, and then I got somebody else who's, like, with our POS system that's, like, hey, man, this thing's broken, and I'm, like, it takes me, like, one hour to cut an onion. Fucking crazy. So I say now, like, I had this going for me was that, I knew everything that was broken. I knew everything, like how to fix it or who I should be calling to be able to fix something. Mm-hmm. Really, the only th- I knew how to operate and keep the doors open. And I was like doing invoices and stuff like that, writing checks for whatever. You know, Pete might just like, we would like have an uh, invoices file yeah. and I would write you know, checks for some of the things and some of these other things are on FinTech and whatever. But like I knew, I knew everything. Yeah. The only thing I didn't know how to do was like payroll, make the front of the house schedule and make a box token. And among other things. Um, so um, one of the guys that I was working with in the kitchen at the time, he was like, we, we called him my sous, my sous chef. Yeah. Um, I think he was just doing it because he liked it. And he yeah. liked me. And he was way too overqualified. What's his name? Shout him out. Kevin Stambaugh. Yeah. yeah. Guy yeah, is amazing guy. Yeah. I learned a lot from him. You know, he had just such a good perspective on life, on business, on everything. He was incredibly smart yeah yeah um he was like you should be the gm you know when pete leaves be the gm and i was like no no i don't think i'm ready for that he's like you're ready just do it you know you won't ever be ready if you don't just take the jump i agree and he talked me into it and i talked to pete quite a bit about it and he was like you should be the gm you know be the gm there like put your name in the hat talk to rick about it rick is is our primary operating partner of one two three well and among other things but uh here in this situation of one two three and they convinced me to. So I talked to him and, you know, I was pretty nervous. I was like, I don't know how to do these things, but like I will and I want the job. Like I know how to, I know how to do all these things, you know, and I think that that's worth something. So he was like, okay. Like, I think in that immediate conversation that we had, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be the GM now. And I was like, oh, okay. What was that time. feeling right there? What was, what was that feeling? Yes or oh shit? I mean, it's hard for me to say. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't get excited about a lot of things. 
<laughs> which is kind of a funny thing it's to a say. good and a bad thing yeah yeah because i you know i try to like weigh out my options and look at it from an entire perspective yeah. a round perspective instead of just like firing my guns first yeah, yeah, yeah. and um you know i so in that moment i don't know i don't know what it was do you think the staff was fucking pumped that you were the gm because that's mean, always a huge scare when the gm goes out who's going to be the next gm we had such a small staff there i feel yeah. like that we oh, all really? got along so well yeah it was what was your small. staff there 20 not even really yeah seven yeah right well we were all just homies yeah really so it was just a, a night uh, i've never been to one two three and then now i'm going to go come, to one, two, come three. party yes um but what it, it at the time was it just a night bar and club describe the profile of the bar or restaurant to me i'll let you do that guys um well it's a new york concept so it started as 310 bowery in um manhattan low yep. east side and they took that concept and they brought it down to West Palm. It's like uh, it's very much like a party bar, like fast foggy soda, Bud Light. You know that's how it is up there, like foggy soda, Bud Light, DJ. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, good clientele. Um, they do twenty three and up as like a, a rule. So like anybody who's under twenty three, you're probably not going to get it. Like chances are you will not really? be getting it. Yeah, if you're like twenty one, no way, dude. Twenty two depends who you're with or like who you're meeting or something like that. And you got to be dressed well, like well enough, you know, well. Hmm. But it's like try to you know we're, we try to direct our our business towards like young professionals. Yeah, that rule also. So in in one two three it was the same way. If you're 21 or 22, you can't yeah. get it. Really, it does like a, a couple things. It, I love it. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's a great rule to be honest. Um, and exceptions are made, like you yeah. said. It's not like a concrete rule. Exceptions get made sometimes. But one thing that it adds a ton of value is like it gives you that opportunity to say yes or no to anyone at the door that's under 23. Sure. But also, it eliminates a, a lot of the fake IDs because a ton of people who have fake IDs have it for 21 years old. Yeah, you know, so if the rule is that it's 23 and up, you know, like you don't even have to have that conversation back and forth of like if it's real or fake. It's, you don't make the cutoff anyway, you know. Huh. Um, but then also, it just gives you that ability to stand at the front door and say and pick and choose who between that window of 21 and 22 you're going to let in. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it eliminates like. Stupid fights. A lot of the riffraff. Yeah, a bunch of crap that you just have to deal with as like a young person drinking. Especially with there being like two college campuses pretty close to one, yeah, two, three. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so you guys are open, what, four to two? I mean, what what was the hours there? What was the operating hours? At the time, dude, it was like when we first opened, it was like 12. We were opening for lunch. That's yeah, right. Yeah, dude. But so, but you know, at, now we're open Friday, Saturday, five to close, you know, midnight, 2 a.m., um saturday sunday it's three to close okay. two midnight on sundays yeah, yeah. or something at you know at the latest um but yeah that's like that's monday, two, like what we monday tuesday we wednesday nothing oh no we're open yeah okay yeah five to midnight okay okay but the party is thursday friday saturday so that that's like what the concept was it was like party bar for a better clientele yep. that doesn't want to, have to deal with any bullshit yeah, yeah and they brought that down this way and it's you know when we first started I'd say Pete was like the real thing that got us off our feet, honestly. You know, like I learned a lot from him. Like Thank I you. always credit Pete and I always will. Never. Thank you. Yeah, dude, I learned a lot from you. Watch the way you talk to people, the way you interact with like good guests and building clientele and regulars and, you know, just like the organization, dude. That place was a mess. And then Pete came in the first two weeks, the whole fucking place is spotless, <laughs> completely organized. And he's like building checklists and fucking inventory guides and everything. You know, he's like, this is how you got to do this or that. Talking to like bartenders, I need you to be doing this. This is what our music's gonna be like. And he's communicating a lot with like our ownership and building a relationship with Rick. 
uh, who's, you know, again, he's like the primary yeah. operating partner. This is like his baby in New York, and he's going to be doing the same thing here. So he's like teaching Pete. Pete's relaying all this info to me. Uh, eventually, they're like, okay, you're going to be the GM. So I, I take over after Pete leaves. Yep. And um, we just started building a team after that. So um, I think one of the first things I did was I hired Reed, yep. Reed Ferguson. Uh, he's like my my partner there. You know, he's a, he was a co-GM. Like when I was a GM there, he was a co-GM with me. Um, I knew how to do a lot of the operating. You know, I would when somebody would be like, so who are you and who is this guy? I'd be like, well, I do the operations side of the business. Reed is the bar. Like he is, he does all of the cocktail creation. He's incredibly knowledgeable. You know, I learned, you know, people sometimes are be like, dude, you, you know a lot of stuff. And I'm like, not really. Like in my head, I'm like, not really. I know maybe 10% of the things that Reed has taught me, you know, and that also kind of has relayed over to Tyler as well. So Tyler's the current GM hand and um, Reed are like the partners now. Um, so, but, you know, at the time I'm like, all right, I'm going to hire Reed. He knows how to do the things that I don't know how to do. We start making like a more permanent staff and just trying to like tighten the screws of this business and start building business. And it kind of just started slowly building. I say that first year, dude, we sucked. Yep. You know, we were inconsistent. We didn't have a lot going on for us. We had staff interchanging. Like, I remember the first time I got, like, that end-of-the-year packet of, like, W-2s. So it was, many, like, right? fucking this thick. Yeah. And I'm, like, I don't know who this guy is. And, like, yeah. I, I, he was there for one day. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. I'm, like, fuck, all right, just put us in the mailbox and send it off to him. And then I'm, like, oh, I don't know who this girl is either. And I'm, like, calling people. I'm, like, yeah. hey, is this your friend? Like, I think you know this girl. Can you bring this to her? Like, now our stack is, like, that. You know, like, we yeah. have maintained. Consistency. Yeah, we've yeah. maintained like a very, very good staff that just, I mean, I can't say enough good things about them, honestly. Yeah. Our staff is like incredible. They're smart. They're attractive. They fucking work super hard. They're funny. Everybody gets along really well with each other. Like, I love, I love my yeah. job. I love what I do. I think it's amazing. On a funnier, lighter note, what's the craziest part of you two ever threw together? Could you, could you think of one off the top of your head? Was there? I mean, I mean, when we were there, like together, yeah. I started saying we sucked, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, was there we, like a New Year's Eve or like anything like that that was just insane? Could you remember? I mean, the I place mean, was busy. Like yeah. on the weekends, Friday and Saturday were busy, yeah. but like it's not like um, like we would be busy for like two and a half hours, and then yeah. the place would clear out. Like right. we'd start filing in at ten, and we would be weeded by ten oh five, and yeah. empty by one, and yeah, done by one. And we really? were like, how do we get business? Like all of what we were trying to do was like. Maintain. figure out how to build business what was that yeah. answer I mean, it's hard to say it's yeah. a combination of things I consistency think. a lot of things yeah. um culture also like yeah, I, culture you know, is a big thing culture yeah. is a big thing the vibe that we were putting out identifying the things that were causing people to leave early you know and then tackling those and countering yeah. them you know yeah. uh, a lot of it had to do with like the vibe and the music also you know we were super critical about the music djs and, like, are oh. Huge. We would notice, you I know, mean, literally at a certain time, you start playing this music and people just start filing yeah. out the door, yeah. you know, and uh, and then the DJs start doing this, and then we're like, no, 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 you have to start go back this direction, right, you know, like right. just because you see this doesn't mean do this, and that's tough to do too because the DJs don't want you telling them what to do sometimes, you know, depending on who you're working with. So it was like it, it's a struggle to find the right DJs for your place, you know, that play your place and your concept well because. They also have their own kind of vibe that they bring it's to like the a table, chef, yeah. and sometimes that doesn't necessarily suit your concept. Correct. Um, so it was just a learning curve, you know, which I think is for the first year of any business being open. That's how that kind of goes. 
Um, but I think one, two, three is a great example of someone that brought a, a fresh concept. It wasn't like a duplicate of anything else that was around town. You know, no one else was doing anything like that at the time. And, uh, you know, got through those growing pains in that first year. And now it's like a fucking staple downtown and it's thriving. Yeah, I'm super proud of yeah. well, just to built, be a part of it. Yeah. yeah, like just knowing that I was helping build this thing, you know, yeah. with that, like with, with my friends, like my best friends, you know, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Fucking! I mean, I could. I about to name the entire staff. Yeah, right. Like yeah. literally, I was about to name the entire staff. <laughs> but my my best friends. Yeah. All of them. We have you know, Reed, Reed on Tyler. the podcast next week. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to that because he is something. Oh, yeah, character. Dude, yeah, he's insane. It'll be a great one. Um, but yeah, like. So uh, where does that leave you now? What's the transition to where you are now? Um. So at the moment, let's see. I mean, uh, to be honest, almost like I'm not, I feel like I'm not doing anything almost right now. And it's kind of weird to say that, but like, I'll have to just to, to tell you why. Um, we're opening location in Tampa. So I'm going to go spearhead that Tyler has like since taken over what I was doing. So at the moment I'm overseeing kind of like what they're doing, helping out, showing up, showing face, I guess, and hanging out. And if I see something I really, really don't like, which I know is never really going to be the case because Tyler and Reed are good. You know, and they, they've been there just as long as I have. They know how this business works. Then I'll say something. But again, I don't see anything like that. So I'm just overseeing them. When Tampa opens up, I'll go there. Um, you know, I was in New York for like the last three months, um, being like the stopgap of GMs. They have a, our GM took a step back. They hired a new GM, and they were like two months out. So I, for two months, I was the GM at a 310 Bowery. And then the new GM came in, and I kind of helped train him. And then I came back down this way. Um, we got is that a scary step going into a group of people that all know each other, and you're the GM that's from Florida, and they don't know you? Um, you know, when I first got up there, I thought about that, and I was like, Nah, I'm not afraid of that. I don't yeah, give a yeah. shit. Like, I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna do what I do. And, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah, about. you know, and I and I loved it. And I loved the staff, and I feel like we all meshed really, really well. And I said hey these are like these are the things that i'm looking for and i'm gonna tell you like if i see something that's wrong and yeah. they were good you know the staff was pretty good up there so i didn't have to say a lot but like i don't know I, who I, parties harder florida yeah, <laughs> yeah I bet, dude. i'm sorry sorry guys. i was gonna say that too you know like to it's your point of man. like our craziest party story which i guess is almost the opposite of what you just said you know one two three definitely goes hard yeah but i feel like when you and i were there managing together we weren't like ripping it you know and we were fucking trying to run the place and figure it out you know yeah. we were very analytical while we were working it wasn't a crazy yeah. party no you know? and it's like dude we're we're in the party yeah. seven days a week right you know? we're fucking there to run a business right like that's what the goal is like we want to make money we want to make sure that this thing is running as as efficient as possible i'm so glad you just used that word because to the point of like what sort of helped i think turn one two three in the right direction or like one of the biggest growing pains i think we had was the insane amount of volume that we were doing at one point you know on those fridays and saturdays during those peak hours we're doing so much volume but we're like how do how can we make more money you know even if we can't expand this this timeline because at one point we even talked about you know maybe we can't control how long people are staying you know people leave their house they know the rounds they want to make they know they're going to go here and then hit this place after and then do this after maybe they just know at midnight they're going to leave you know and if we can't help that how do we make more money while we have them Correct. and then efficiency became the answer to that you know and then we sort of developed like changed from the glasses being behind the bartenders 
So now the glasses are right next to their wells. You know? Dude, so it was so many little tiny little, things. Little that, tiny incremental uh, steps. Man, I remember Rick one time. He like, I was like talking to him. He's like, I timed this bartender and it took him five minutes to make a drink. You know, it was like oh, especially fuck. cocktail yeah, menu yeah, yeah, or right. something that they was like left out and. You know, so it was like, and now that's another thing. Take the menus off the tables at 10 o'clock. Now we right. do these things. And it was like, exactly. all right, now we're getting better bartenders. And if they're not better, let's make them better. It was like so many little tiny things that now made that place good. Right. You know, and efficiency is efficient. what it all came back yeah, to. Be- so making efficient. the place as efficient as possible. That bar is the most efficient in bar money. in West Palm. Yes. No doubt. Here's yep. a question I always have the restaurant managers or owners, whatever it is. You got a girl or guy bartender, right? They have six friends that come up to the bar. They all pour fucking uh, Patron tequila shots, right? Okay. Hand them to them. You have about 65, well, depending on the bar, <laughs> 60 is... to $120 worth of shots right here, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Do you turn a blind eye? What do you mean? Where the, they bartender, the bartender just handed it to them. Happy birthday. Oh, my God. It's on, the, it's on me. They oh, don't charge and for I it. I see them? Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of leeway on some things. You know, it's like... Every, so is that an unspoken rule? No, I'm tell I'm very forward with what you know. Yeah. I'm gonna say like, you are allowed this. If I see outside of this, I'm gonna need an explanation because I'm gonna see it and I'm gonna yeah. ask you about it. You know, so what it. is this? Is there a number to that? Is there a uh, what is that? You know what I'm saying? All right, let's. So the scenario is, hey, birthday group come in. Yeah, I poured them around a shot yeah. and I said it was on me. I would have probably been okay with that. You know, like five but hot girls. Does that bartender need to go ask you, hey, my friends are here? Do, do they Can even I get them ring around the birthday shots? Yeah. Do, they, do no. they have a yeah. comp? You gotta, you gotta, yeah, you ring everything in so that we, because we're like pretty good about keeping track of yeah, like what, what our comps are and where so our So they're not and just stuff. handing the drinks no. over and going, it's on me, and then turn. They no. go back to their computer, they ring it in, and it's, you know, B day shots. And yeah. at the end of the night, they're saying, hey, yeah, these were my friends. And, and then you say, okay, that's okay. Yeah, but you know it doesn't. But obviously, it's not, it you see that every night. That way. Yeah, You'll know if it gets that. abused. Yeah, of course, and we know the staff that we have. Like, I, like I said, like I would put our staff over against any staff that I think I could ever imagine. Yeah, you know, and say like I trust these guys. They're good and fast. You know, they they bring a lot to the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I that's the thing is it always comes back to like, do I trust this person? If I cannot trust them, I don't even want them to be working there. Yeah, right. So, and I do trust the staff that we have. That's like huge for us. If, if I can't trust you, I don't want to work with you. I, right. I cannot work with you. I would not put myself in a situation where I have to rely on this person. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I would hire somebody else. Okay. You know, so if that was the case, I would be like, hey, what's this? Or they would probably even come up and tell me, be like, hey, I just took care of a round of shots for my friends or something like that. Right. No problem. And if you work on one, two, three, or any of these bars, are you allowed to drink as you work? Is that a, is that a policy? Like, at, at, at Ale House, and I'm not saying like drink, like get drunk, but at Ale House, they had a policy. If someone came up and bought you a shot, I was like, I want to take a shot with you. There was, you'd get fired. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. I mean, with me at Kachina and at my time at 123, it was always almost the same thing as the comp rule. where like, I'm okay with it to an, a certain extent, but you need to come to me and ask each time. You know, if you're going to be taking a shot with a guest, you need to get permission first. For two reasons, you know, like it, it keeps some sort of uh, accountability. Correct. And then also, um, I'll know how much you've had to drink that night. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. don't get the chance of abusing it, you know, or getting too drunk. Mm. Um, and there's an understanding, you know, it, like it, everyone knows the point, you know, where it's like, that's too much. You know, if you're if you're pouring 40 shots, not five, that's too much. You know, if you're blacked out drunk bartending, that's probably too much. You know, there's, right, yeah, there's yeah. a line. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a line. Yeah, no you know, at the end of the day, we're there to do a job, you know, yeah, yeah, and if yeah. any if either of those things, whether it's comping drinks or drinking your drinks are getting in the way of doing the job and making the business money, which is at the end of the day, why that business is there, then you're not adding value to the business. And if that's the case, why are you there? And why would the management or the ownership mm-hmm. want you to be there? Mm-hmm. You know, so at the end, it always comes back to that. You know, there's there's levels to everything, you know, and obviously, um, you know, people are bartending, they're having fun, yeah. and you're throwing a party, you want to be a part of the party, but you're also there to do a job and have to count money at the end of the night and right. are responsible for a lot of things and, you know, finances at the end of the night. Hard yeah. question for both of you guys, putting you on blast here. You're throwing a party, right? Who's DJing that party? Not me, I have to tell you that. No, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Out of the lineup? Selecta Steve. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's my go-to. Bro, select Steve, know. man. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, we have a lot of really, really great DJs. Yeah. But I can say this for sure. What Steve did with us when he was DJing with us on Sundays, he would bring this energy, like this vibe that was like, I can't compare it to anything. Yeah. Also, but I will say this also. Tristan has since stepped in. Mm-hmm. And he's done a very, very good job. And I, I love, love listening to his music. Dude. Yeah. Fucking killer. Yeah. Going, sorry, not to be like, oh, Steve, you know, Steve is good. It's not like that, you know, but Steve's number one. Steve's my boy, dude. Yeah. What he was doing for us, he built this Sundays. We did nothing on Sundays. You know, we were making like brunch or like night. Oh, we opened up at three o'clock. Yeah. You know, we used to, you know Pete was actually the one, I think you and I was working Ed, for Southern at that time. Yeah. Oh, was it you and Reed? I thought yeah. it was you and Reed initially who kind of like got the foot in the door and then you just left. And then I was like, hey, man, I'm Ryan. Like, this is my number. Like, I'm, I'm replacing Pete now. Like, I remember yeah. sitting down for the meeting with you as your Southern rep, and it was you, Reed, and Steve, and yeah. bringing that Sunday shenanigans menu with the girl with the big boobs on the front. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that, I, that's just the first time I remember like conceptualizing Sunday brunch as this new like relaunched idea. Mm-hmm. Dude, we did. We took a day that was doing absolutely nothing for us, like twenty people in over eight hours. Yeah. To one of like the best parties. parties. Yeah downtown but what steve was doing was he was building all right so what i see a lot of djs might do is they play to the room right so whatever the capacity of the room is they set the tone to that capacity okay so if you got 20 people it's x if you have 100 people it's x yeah it's like you know 20 people it's on a level of like yeah. one to ten intensity it's like a two yeah. you know a 20 and then a Hundred, you're getting up to like eighty to hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. You know, you're putting your effort into it. Steve was just playing music that nobody was playing, and it's not like he was playing like the newest, hottest shit. Because yes, he was, but he was playing everything, yeah, yeah. dude. And it was like, I you go in and you feel it like in your soul, like you you do. Like it was just a warm. Vibe. No matter what the room, like how busy the room was, if it was twenty people in there, every person in that room was having a good time. And if there was a hundred people in there, every person in that room was having a good time. And it didn't matter. Like he was making a day for us. Like he built this fucking thing for us. It was insane. Like I, I can't get over it. He played a twelve-hour set for us one Sunday. It was like a Sunday going into a Monday, and so everybody had off on on that yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah. It was like a holiday weekend. And he played for 12 hours. And he played music for 12 hours that kept everyone engaged for 12 hours. That's a lot. We had people there. Dude, it's so funny. If you go on Google and you go to like 123 Daytura, you can see what the average time frame of a guest might be. 
and it ranges from like one to eight hours. And I think <laughs> that that's because of Steve, what he was doing. He was playing music that kept me engaged in like bar, like dude, I'm like bartending or yeah. managing, whatever it is. I'm fucking like dancing the entire day. He's playing the best music. I, I can't get over it. I wish I could just describe this feeling a little bit more for people who have not ever experienced it because I almost feel like I'm describing nothing for you <laughs> because it's just so like ingrained in yeah. the way that I felt. I, I can't be described almost. I got to yeah. see this man live now. Bro, we got to get him on here. Yeah, Steve, yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, please. Bro. Yeah, dude. He is an amazing guy. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm fired up. Too, I'm so I'm not upset. I'm so happy now that I know the whole situation. So when I go to one, two, three, like I know what what what's going. Steve's on. the creator of a lot of things. Yeah. I told you he's the reason I'm Pete Casso. Right? That's Steve, true. Yeah, Steve yeah, yeah. said Pete Casso for the first time ever, and I was just like, "That's genius." I'm gonna use that. Yeah. And now I'm Pete Casso, bro. He's helped us build like quite a bit of things, man. I owe I owe a lot to the guy. He's like an incredible friend of mine. If, if I get married tomorrow, he's at the wedding. Really? Hell yeah, yep. man. That's awesome. Steve, you're the fucking man, bro. All right, so Coda, what's the future for Coda? What does that look like? Um, I'm going to stick with the group, Stanton Bowery Hospitality. Mm. Shout out Rick and Josh and everybody oh, yeah. else involved. And um, until the wheels fall off. Yeah. I love the, the people I work for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I owe a lot to them. They've let me be me. And like I, like I said, I, I don't like doing things that I don't want to do, and they've never had to put me in a situation like that. They've given me a ton of freedom to allow me to do to run a business the way that I think it should be run. Mutual respect. They're the best, man. Yeah. And um, they've given me every opportunity. If I, I haven't, I don't ask for a lot, but when I ask for something, they give it to me. And it's never like, I'm not asking for a pay raise. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not, that's not, money's not like that for me. Like, I don't care about those things. But I'm like, hey, I want to do this in the group. And they're like, boom, done. You know, I'm like, we're, we're expanding. We've got stuff opening up in Philly, Chicago, or Try looking for a lease right now in Nashville. We're like two weeks away from a lease in Scottsdale, and and I want to be a part of it. I'm like, I want to help with all of these things, and they're like, no problem, you do it. You know, we want you to. That's like awesome. that's that's the future for me. That's awesome. I think that unless I really fuck up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> crash a fucking car at the valet yeah. lot. Yeah, I crash one into one of the buildings or something. <laughs> I don't know. But do you, do you um are you partier? Do you party? Or are you you uh um I I don't do any drugs. You know, no, that's no, not, no, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, I don't do any drugs or whatever. So like when I'm tired, I'm going home. Yeah. I don't want to be out till five in the morning. You know, I know that most of the time the next day, like, well, like when I was like really running Daytura, yeah. I was getting a phone call from Rick at 10 a.m. Yeah. Right. Like 11. And I want to be, you know, able to take that phone call and be able to talk to him about whatever he wants to talk about. Mm. So, no, not really. I yeah. get blacked out like two times a year, and yeah. they're both at our staff parties. <laughs> Restaurant, holiday party, or whatever parties go hard. hard I yeah, remember dude. that. 100%. It is an atomic bomb. Yeah. It really is. Our staff party is open to anybody that wants to come, and it is the fucking best night. Wait, of the where? Year. Wait, what? Wait, one, two, one, two, three, two, three yeah. day tour, dude. It's putting a DJ on that normally doesn't DJ. We're bringing in all of our DJs that play with us, all of the bartenders, all of, all of everybody's plus ones. They're the cooks. The bar, it's the a bar backs, bro. Let's do something with this. Every yeah, like, when, when is this? We do it twice a year. It just depends. Yeah. Come in. Come. Um, it's one of the best nights of the year. Do you guys ever do guest bartenders? We used to. It yeah, used yeah. to be a regular thing. Yeah. We do it every once in a while. You want to do a charity event? Come. Guest bartend for it. Donate everything. Speaking we of charity it. events, you want to talk about your hat for a second? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. Uh, my friend Brad Gell, he started this 
charity. Well, I'll just kind of describe it a little bit. So um, they put fridges in some local skate parks and they fill them up with food because a lot of these, well, some of these kids that go there and skate regularly might not always have the best home life. Some of them I would say do, but it allows them to like stay at the park and skate longer. And some of these kids that are there that are young are nasty and they will eventually be signed to something one day. But he's giving them the opportunity to be able to skate a little bit longer and giving them a little bit more access to an opportunity that is not always available or is overlooked, I would say. Mm. Because, you know, sk- it's skating. Some people don't really think much of it. But, you know, it was in the fucking Olympics this last yeah, year. Yeah, right. It's growing. Wright won a gold medal. And he's a local, dude. Yeah. yeah. And that's a big deal. And yeah. it's pretty cool what Brad's been able to do. with. What's skating. that foundation called? It's called the Hangry Project. Yeah, I love that. And they've got some pretty cool merch, so you should go on their website and uh, buy. Some. We'll put their info in the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. love supporting. We love supporting philanthropies and businesses, whatever you know. Um, that's such a good cause because it's it's taking kids that otherwise, you know, what's their other plan? You know, and it's it's giving them more time to do their craft. Like yeah. you said, it's shit like that, man. I'm telling you, if you are able to change people's trajectory at a younger age or whatever that upbringing is it changes the whole factor you know um i think that that's what they're doing yeah in a very positive way it's awesome yeah you know it's like when i was younger that was like a thing that i really enjoyed you know but then you have to pick one or the other and it was baseball for me so yeah 12 years old it was like i can't break my arm anymore i have to right i have to play baseball was it ryan who was honey o's yeah dude where's the cereal at yeah what's going on cereal game bro okay ryan what is your top three cereals so you gotta ask me the cereal question, bro. Give it to me. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the photography lady's name. She was great, Berkeley. Yeah, yeah she was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So she said She's honey awesome. o's, and yeah. I had to rewind to be like, did she just say honey o's? Because she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, 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 she sure did. If you've never had honey o's, go buy a box. Oh man, I said I was gonna bring a box in for you. It's okay. sorry, bootleg dude. Cheerios. No, man. dude, this is like no gourmet, is it? <laughs> gourmet, <laughs> gourmet Cheerios. Wow, we gotta hit up Honey O's for a right. sponsorship. Go I'm, I'm going to get a box of Honey O's. I gotta try now. That's, that's our first step towards getting a sponsorship. Who put you on Honey O's? Probably my mom. Wow. Okay. I mean, she was buying groceries. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I was. She was just bringing stuff in, and I was eating it. So what's your two? Banging. Honey O's is your one. Honey O's is definitely one. Wow. Um. Probably Captain Crunch. Okay. You know, as an adult, I think it's Captain Crunch. I know what I used to eat a lot. It was like Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. And Cheerios. No, no. Um, just Cheerios. Like, cause my, you know, my mom's shopping. Whatever. If I'm like, I want Cookie Crisp. She's like, that's just cookies. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Valid. Yeah. What's the difference in Honeyos? Is it the the versus Cheerios? It's um, they're a little bit thicker. They got a little more crunch and just like a little bit more sweetness to it. Okay. So they hold up in the milk really, really good. Okay. Do you like a soggy? Do you like? I was just gonna ask that. Yeah. Do you like? No, I like the crunch. I I let it marinate for a little bit. Uh, Oh, see, Jojo does that shit. Yeah. It's almost gnarly. You Get like, the honey O's, you'll like it. Okay, I'm down. I'm we're down. We're doing it. Yeah. So JoJo's it. a a fruity pebbles girl. Okay. And she also lets them marinate, and it literally it's just like soggy, s- dude. It's like a fucking okay. So I'm like a wet oatmeal. Yeah, 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 you don't yeah. want it. To, you don't Cold oatmeal. You gotta let it preheat a little bit, and then and then uh, I'm in. Preheat your cereal. What does that mean? Yeah, that's true. Ryan, I'm gonna ask you. While we got you here, real yeah. quick, we want to do our reunion party, and uh, we want to do it at one, two, three. I would love um, so I think sometime in December, right? 
Um, Ryan, I'm trying to do a little guest bartending. <laughs> I, I'm trying to do a little partnership here. Guest bartending with a philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a bar. We got that. And a crowd. Right. And that. bring kind of the pieces of the puzzle together for a reason, for a cause. Right. Um, we want to bring, on, bring back every guest that's been on the episode between now and then. And Anyone that watches that wants to participate and come and hang out and do a little have Pete and I behind the bar. party. You and, should do it at four, dude. Like yeah, four right. Four. So you don't really know about this one because uh, you know you haven't been to Daytona yeah. yet. But four um, is adjacent, like directly yeah. next door to one, two, three Daytona. It was like our, it's our late late night concept. Okay. You know, we run from ten to two at Daytona. Okay. Four runs from twelve to four a.m. But we also use it as a private event space. Like it's only open to right. you know one night a week right now during summer, two nights a week during the season, Friday, Saturday. It's an event space for us. It's perfect for like you guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah take so, that over. It's you can put thirty people in that room and it feels healthy and feels good. There's a lot of energy. Eighty people in that room, it's fucking bumping. Yeah. You know, I if you get fucking smoke cannons. Yeah, exactly. Man. It's fun, man. If yeah, Grandpa Pete and Grandpa Nick go out, <laughs> we are throwing a fucking party, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll be there for it. Uh, yeah, dude, yeah. I am excited. Well, this is it. We're doing it. Um, Got to. And uh, I love the th- philanthropy concept too. Bring it in. Yeah, and, for sure. And do it for a reason. X amount of sales or whatever it would be, right? Um, or donations, right? Through the millennial mentality, go to you know. Yeah, right charity there. if you're choosing. Exactly. Um, we love that. Let's do it. Last question. Um, if you were to get a lip tattoo, what would it say? So my girlfriend has a lip tattoo. It's actually, I'm, and it's not going to be the same one, but I got to yeah. tell you about it. And uh, she has a twin. So it says uh, copy and paste on the other oh, one. That's cool. so funny. That's slick. Pretty cool. That is a good one. Um, lip tattoo. Probably be something anime related. Honestly, I watched like yeah. a ton of anime. So All right. Five minutes and less than. Give me what anime means to you. Because I've, I've Anime seen, as a whole? Yeah. I've seen, I've never even seen anime. You're not an anime guy. I'm not right? an anime yeah. guy. What is anime, and how did you get into it? What does that mean to you? Um, anime as a whole is just like a good outlet to tell a story in a way that you would never be able to otherwise. You know, like some things don't translate over from like an adult drawing, you know, cartoon to real life. Okay. So that's kind of like what it is for me. Um, I got into it just at a really, really young age. Like I remember... Yeah, at one point it was not being streamed anywhere or on actual cable television or anything, but somehow these like Telemundo, whatever, was yeah. able to acquire the rights to Dragon Ball Z. And I would go over to my neighbor's house before they would take me to school. And I remember seeing Dragon Ball Z in Spanish, complete Telemundo. Spanish. Telemundo. <laughs> and that was my first memory ever of watching something anime and it was like a cartoon really is that the goat anime dragon balls is that like the that's the, like the, OG? the that's what had probably gotten a lot of anime watchers really? into watching anime mm. yeah because like we are like i i was like the original anime generation yeah. dude. honestly like when it first started airing i was there to watch it and i would fucking uh, i tell the stories every once in a while somebody if they're interested but now i got a platform for it so everybody's hell yeah it. but i would when it once it started getting aired on Toonami, Cartoon Network had this yeah, like yeah. two hour segment. I remember that shit, yeah. Called Toonami, and they would play anime from it was like late. three to five yep. or nine to like 11 yep. or something. And I would try to watch both of them, but I would get out of school, uh, elementary school, and dropped off of the bus at like 3.25. And I would sprint home with my <laughs> backpack, bat, like books and everything, like 
it was heavy. Yeah. And I would sprint home to be able to get there by 3.30 so I could watch Roroni Kenshin, you know? Yeah. And that was, like, my muse every day as, like, a elementary school child. The kids yeah. these days don't understand, I feel like. You had to no, be there no. on time. The show was going to play yeah, at that time, play, and yeah. then you missed it once it yeah. was over. There wasn't Netflix. You didn't watch it when you felt like watching it. You had to be there on time. That was Tom and Jerry for me, yeah. Yeah, and that, that was, like, that was my muse, dude, when I was young. And I started watching some other stuff. It was, like, Dragon Ball Z, Yu Hakusho is, like, a huge thing for me. I, I have a tattooed on my body. Uh, like, that's how much it means to me. Um, I tattooed a Pikachu on you. Yeah, you tattooed a Pikachu on my ankle. Yeah, he's holding a Cholula bottle because yeah. I love hot sauce. Hey, you're um, spicy. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> so are you like an anime, like you watch it in different languages now with subtitles? Type? Oh, I, I always have. There's some yeah. things that, you, like the the dubbed version, like, yeah. you know, the American voice actors just don't do super yeah. well. So doesn't hit the same. No, but um, there's like this thing about it is like, I think that the uh, the people that are creating it prefer you to watch it in your in the language that you Native know, language. okay, so that you can watch it visually because it is a visual medium, yeah, uh. and they want you to be able to absorb that just as well as you're taking in like the language. That is so. Okay. I, I like to watch it subbed because I kind of think that which is like you know subtitles, yeah, uh, because you get like the accurate translation. Yeah, you get accurate translation and like the accurate. You know, voice actor. You know, they have to get a second voice actor to be able to translate <laughs> yeah, it over. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't always carry over very well. Yeah, one hundred. I have yeah. a hard time. I feel. I don't know that anime is my thing in general, but I have a hard time getting into it. I feel like for that reason, I have a hard time watching anything that's one in a different language, and I have to just read subtitles the entire time. Um, or even like if like Netflix has a shitload of shows now that everyone's got like a, a deep Scottish accent or like super yeah. British accent. I have a hard time watching those too. Paige can't do the transition. I'll tell you, ask you a question. Have you guys watched a Squid Game yet on yeah. Netflix? Oh, yeah. yeah. Started it, I, but again, I had to read subtitles Boy. the whole time no, and I yeah, fell asleep. Just, just switch it over to the English. But I, I didn't like that. Again, yeah. the voice See, that's didn't what I'm match saying. up. That's, it's so the same it, thing it was with like, the anime. Going. I'm not that literate. I can't I would rather, watching it at the same time. I would rather read the subtitles and hear it in like the accurate no. way that it was filmed. But I have a hard time making it all the way. I fall asleep beforehand every time. It's crazy, man. And they said it's the number one watched film of Netflix of all time. Yeah, it's insane. Of all time? Uh, yeah. It's dude, been that, number one it for... Showed, that show, like, I watched a lot of TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, like, one of the things for me that, yeah, yeah. you know, get home, that's, like, what I like yeah. to do. You're vouching for Squid Games? Oh, yeah. It's fire. Right, it's it's one of the best things I think I've ever There's seen. There's a lot of Easter eggs in what? it, too. There's a lot of Easter eggs I, yeah. in it, too. With, wow. For certain. It's up there. It's with Breaking Bad. Yeah. Fucking Peaking Blinders. I'm telling you. Oh, Peaking okay. Blinders is that's a, Okay, that's a great example, yeah. though. Peaky Blinders, accents were too strong. Yeah. I couldn't watch that. was a no. thing for people. I was, I was about to get that buzz cut they have. After Peaky Blinders, <laughs> I wanted to be a British gangster after Peaky Blinders. Sometimes my barber goes a little ham, and I feel like the guy from I've Peaky seen that. Blinders. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen I told that her this look. last haircut. I was like, I feel like I'm gonna start smoking blinders. six, dude. I almost got a pack of yeah. six. Like every twenty seconds, they're playing. Hey, you pussy! Yeah. <laughs> you know. What are you doing? You I'm know. gonna give Squid Games another try, dude. Definitely watch it, man. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm telling you, but dude, with red light, green light, when they first started, don't don't ruin it for this oh, guy, yeah. man. Don't ruin it for um, anybody watching or listening. Yeah, jeez, dude. Well, Coda, if they made it this far through, which a lot of you have, I love you guys. Yeah, it's a long one. What's your final remarks for them? What would you say? Last night, like, what's my signing off? Yeah. I mean, what's my going away advice? What, what would, yeah. Your, Coda, what would I think, is mean? a good candidate for the, what was the best advice you've ever gotten and the worst advice That's you've ever gotten? One. 
I have gotten to the age, I think, or whatever of, or let's say I got the life experience, I think, uh, where that's like a tough question because the things that people have always like told you, given you advice, have probably either been in, ingrained in you at this point or disregarded. So it's hard to be able to refer to it because now this is the person that you are, mm. right? But the thing that I will always remember is that story that I was talking about with the frog. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good one. I will, yeah, I'll always, always, always remember that. You know, and my dad was always like drilling me with stuff. So I wish I could remember something that he fucking said. But again, that's like just the person said, I am. Like you said, it just sort of molded you into who you are, Mr. Yeah. Miyagi. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anything off top is the worst piece of advice that you can think of. Well, maybe for the best. Going back to this, the best thing, I do like that my current boss right now rick which mm -hmm. i think will be the boss for the rest of my life rick and josh and among others but um he always like talks we get like irritated with some things but he's like sometimes these people they just fire their guns before getting all the answers mm. you know so sometimes it's just better to not jump to a conclusion just wait a second. Let's yep. fucking get some information before we make our decisions. You know, mm. it's better. That was also something that I kind of learned over in history is that there's just so many different perspectives on something. Mm. You know, you have to be able to know all of them before just firing your gun. Yeah. You know, I do like that. Also, the thing with, you know, the frog. Yeah, that Don't was a great fucking one. dig a hole for yourself to the point where you can't get out of yeah. it. You know, again, like, don't fire your guns right away. Just take a step back. Take a breather. Be assess real. the information. And then make your decision. You know, if you dig that hole and then you finally realize, like, damn, I'm digging a hole. And then you look up and you can't get out of it. You're fucked, man. I mean, maybe that's probably some of the best advice, those two things. Yeah. Okay. And there's probably something that I'll remember later on and I'll just text you, Pete. And I'll be like, oh, fuck, I should have said this. <laughs> uh, the worst piece of advice. I don't know. Just wait for Reed to say something. Yeah. <laughs> next, next podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a uh, he's so he's a smart guy too, and he's a, he's goofy. He's very very goofy guy. People don't give him enough credit, I think, sometimes because yeah. you know, I learn a lot from him. Yeah, for sure. I can't give you bad advice. I don't want to give anybody bad advice. No, I like that. Good shit. Well, Ryan, Cody, that was great. On, man. on on behalf of the Millennium Mentality Podcast, we thank you for coming on. Your story is amazing. I had a great time. The way you've pro progressed in the last what five, six, seven, even ten years. It's been amazing, and uh, you're really doing it. So cheers to you, um, and uh, thank you guys for watching yeah. that incredible story. If you have any questions, you want to reach out to Ryan, we'll put his information in our bio. Go rip it at 123 if you're and, over 23 uh, years old. And go to 123. From what I've heard, the concept is amazing, and yeah. my ass will be there quite soon. Look out for this event we're talking about with our philanthropies and bringing these, um, these personas and concepts together yeah. because it's going to be awesome. Yeah, We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Thank you very Peace. much. Yeah. Alright, thank you. Yeah. Yo, Dad. Uh, cry with me. Cheers, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Pour juice inside the soda, turn it over, watch it sink. Yeah. Sometimes it might be purple, sometimes it might be that pink. Probably roll that purple diesel, that shit cute and let my lace. But I really like that Cali, cause that shit don't make me trip. Uh, rather